Hello, Dave. Hello, Ollie. Oh, my voice is funny. How are you? Oh, very well, thanks. Ish. Welcome, listener, to Sustainable Seventeen. Just seventeen, like the nineties magazine. It is our little podcast where we talk about the environment and politics and how it's all confusing and why can't everything be a bit simpler. Um, it's a funny old week, this one, isn't it, Dave? Do you want to explain why? Oh, it's a funny old week because there's been an election uh, and the election has made me very tired and hoarse. <laughs> uh, not hoarse like, but, you know, hoarse as in just sound a bit funny. Uh, and there's been an election and that means that's all that anyone has talked about. And we're going to look at it as well. And we're going to look at the, whether or not everything that happened is all our fault. <laughs> what, mine and yours? Mine and yours. And anyone who listens to this podcast, it's all our fault. <laughs> Crikey, Moses. All right, well, we better crack on with it. Yeah, we better add, although we should chuck in the usual disclaimer, we work for environmental charities um, sometimes, but uh, this this podcast <laughs> and everything in it is very much our own views. And as always, uh, we advise you to bear that in mind for anything that follows and don't come running to us if you fall over and cut your knee. Very good. Right, on we go. Prediction time. So yes, in a change to our published schedule, uh, listener, we are going straight into prediction time um, because, well, regular listeners will know that I made a certain bold prediction last week. Shall we have a little listen to what it was? Right, so I've got a prediction, very simple one. Ed Miliband's going to be Prime Minister. That's my prediction. That's your prediction, is it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Uh, Not saying that's what I want to happen. I'm just uh, saying I think it's going to happen. Okay. Mm. Now Mm. then, um, for those of our listeners who have been living under a rock for the last week, or even worse, you know, are abroad. um, Oh, God. Oh, perish the thought. Um, Would you like to explain whether or not that prediction came true? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's not going to take long to explain. Uh, it, it didn't come true. Mm. It very much came untrue. Mm. Uh, so um, so Edmund Band, the former leader of the Labour Party, did not win the election in any way, shape or form did and has no, promptly uh, resigned, fallen on his sword. Mass Harry Curie is, uh, is appearing in political ranks in the UK. And David Cameron, the leader of the Conservative Party, who frankly looked a bit disinterested about the whole politics thing throughout the campaign, now finds himself proper Prime Minister, not like half Prime Minister with some irritating Lib Dems snapping around his heels, telling him not to be evil like last time, allegedly. But now it's it's Conservatives to the max. They have a majority, they're in charge. We live in a Tory Britain. So, I mean, we don't have a great track record of getting predictions right, but this one was really wrong. It was a doozy, wasn't it? Although you should not be too hard on yourself. I know that you do have a tendency to throw yourself around your front room in, in disappointment and anger with your, your peachy ass bouncing off the cupboards <laughs> as you punish yourself 
vigorously for your mistakes. So don't do that because everyone <laughs> else, everyone else, don't <laughs> punish yourself vigorously. You painted. <laughs> um, but don't do that because everyone else got it wrong as well. And you were only going off of the same information as everyone else had, which was all the polls, all the opinion polls, polls, all the opinion polls <laughs> said that uh, Ed Miliband was probably going to form a government pretty much, didn't he? Uh, so, they and, did. And it was, all, it was all very different and weird and confusing and strange and discombobulating and peculiar. Well, I think that's the thing. It's my, my overriding reaction, and, and these things take a while to settle, is one of... Oh my God, that was weird. You know, it's just, it was so unexpected. The one thing that everybody who paid any bit of attention to UK politics was telling you with total certainty was that no single party would get an overall majority. It wasn't remotely possible for them to get close. And it, I don't understand it. No one understands why they were so wrong. And it's not just one group of polling companies. You know, the entire lot from both sides were, were saying this. So... Um, it's just, it's just weird. But what we, um, I guess what we need to look at really is, is what it all means for green stuff, for the environment, for mm. the planet. Um, is it, uh, is it a good outcome? Is it a terrible outcome? Uh, yeah, well, uh, we looked at in our manifesto edition, which I think was edition 14, I think. You think? I think it was edition 14. Okay. Um, Everything very, really is off the table now, isn't it? I'm Nothing very, is sacred. Very, 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 very tired. I think <laughs> it was edition 14 where we looked at the manifestos and we spent a bit of time looking at the Conservatives' manifesto, of course, and got cross about it. Do go back and listen to that. Um, so we have been, we've pointed out that there were some things in the Conservative manifesto which were not very good, like Holly. Mm. Well, for instance, uh, you know the cheapest form of renewable energy is onshore wind farms. Well, they're going to ban them, apparently. They've already yeah. got enough. Um, they're going to do diddly squat in, uh, in terms of insulating people's homes, which is very bad news for people living in cold, leaky homes. It's also very bad news for climate-changing emissions because people have to turn the gas on a lot just to have a little bit of warmth in the home. You know how it works. Insulating homes is should be should be a priority and it ain't for the Tories. Uh things like they're big fans of fracking, love a good frack, Dude, the Tories. Yeah. And to be fair, the Liberal Democrats were pretty supportive of it as well, but um, I've almost forgotten who they were now, now that there's only eight the, of them the, left. The, 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 what did you say? The Liberal... liberal? I don't know. I think I must have dreamt some, you know, it's a a weird party that couldn't quite make up who they were. I'm not sure. Anyway, they're gone. They're dead. Um, We can add them to the list, can't we? We can add them with with Michael Jackson, Jimmy Savile and James (laughs) Dennison. We can now add the Liberal Democrats to list of list of things that future generations won't believe existed. You're going to get some form of dirty protest through your letterbox. You know this, don't you? Especially where you live. They're actually actually a handful down there. That's just Um, true. Anyway, in general, a bit worried. Um, other things like they're not fans of regulation at all. They have a very arbitrary rule of if you introduce a new regulation, you just have to delete two other ones, which mm. is just bonkers. But they, they hate environmental regulation with a passion. They um, they think it's a burden on business, despite having repeatedly failed to demonstrate that it is. 
Uh, other things, TTIP, the trade agreement will presumably T-tip. water down. What's oh a, god, I can't. I can't. It's like you know PG tips. Yeah, it's like that, except a massive international trade deal between the United States and Europe, which will be a race to the bottom of all environmental standards, and will probably lock us into fossil fuels. So very much like. PG tips, really. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's that's going to be bad. They love that. Oh, I can't do any more. That's it. I give up. It's also not going to be very... It's not going to be great news if you are a badger or a fox, is it, either? Um, no, no, no. Outlook, not particularly gonna... good. Not particularly good if you're a bee because uh, they don't support uh, a ban on the chemicals that are murdering bees. Um, not they don't. Particularly- they don't. Although, although they were, it was them that brought in this slightly whiffily and in need of strengthening national pollinator strategy. So, uh, and that's one thing we we probably should touch on a little bit is that there is this sort of strain of conservatism, which sees itself as as sort of protectors of the of the natural world. You know, they like their their countryside folk. A lot of them aren't they, and and they like their countryside. So, in a weird kind of way. There is a sort of Tory environmentalism. It's just it's just not a very climate changey one. Yeah, and uh, I mean there there is some stuff that's that's quite you know better. We talked, I think, in episode nine about the Pitcairn Islands, which is this incredibly distant, piddly little island that we own, atop of which sits a man in a white suit who, and it's now going to be turned into a marine conservation zone. There's stuff mm-hmm. like that, and you know, it, 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 like you say, it's not all. Bad and a great deal of the stuff that affects whether or not we sort out our economy and fix climate change and that sort of thing. A lot of that's going in the right direction anyway. Like you know, people are investing in solar all over the place because solar is really good, and it's you know there are a lot of green businesses, and the world is getting greener. And so it's not like you know we're going to wake up when everyone goes back to work on Monday and the Conservatives are going to close down the environment or anything like that. But <laughs> I think I think I'm going to going to see on Monday and wake up to see a sort of salivating George Osborne just chewing up wind farms like with with turbines dripping from his mouth. That's yeah. that's what's going to happen. So I wanted to ask you a thing because you know, you understand how all of this stuff works, and I don't because I'm stupid. Huh, no, I don't. <laughs> yes, you. Uh, well, okay. Uh, all right. Evidence. There is some evidence to the contrary. However, you know more about it than I do. That's for sure. And also, my brain is full of fluff. So I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> the question is this, and I know you don't like it when I do that, but I'm doing it anyway. The question is this. <laughs> yeah, we're going to klaxon the hell out of you. As fact, let's just have a little listen. Not only have you just done it then, but you did it in last week's episode, listener. Enjoy North Sea and mm. sell it. Mm. Um, and I have a question for you, and uh, I want to know what you think. The question is this: Right, five years ago, the Liberal. Well, what's wrong with that? Why do I get a class? You can't claxon me for that. I can. You're the. We did an entire episode where we introduced ourselves, taking the piss out of politicians by saying, "And the key question is this." And let me tell you, you sound like Milliband. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> right. So I uh, have read a few things that say that. So the Conservatives have got a teeny weeny majority, uh, right? They've got, what is it, 10 or 12? How many was it in the 12. End? 12. 12. So they've got 12. Um, and I reckon more than 12 of the Conservatives, and I, I don't think this is a particularly sacrilegious or contentious thing to say, I think more than 12 of those Conservatives do not like doing stuff about the environment, right? 
uh, be that they don't like climate change or they think it's all made up or they don't like wind turbines or they don't like any of the stuff that comes out of Europe, any of that stuff, right? So is it going to actually weirdly be worse for the environment um, that he's that he's got to keep those people happy in order to get everything through? Is it going to make stuff... Is it Would it have been better for the environment if he hadn't have got a majority and he'd have had to rely on the votes of other people all the time? Mm, not sure is the, is the first answer. Um, I mean, if he hadn't got a majority, then there would have been a, a convoluted negotiation with different parties and and you would have had to thrash out what, what's important. Um, and who knows what would have happened in that in that instance. Um, but as, as in the last episode, I'm not quite sure who that would have been with other than UKIP, but they only got one MP in the end and the DUP in Northern Ireland, they got eight, I think. So it's all a bit counterfactual. I think what... I think the party has been pretty clear about what its priorities are. Um, for instance, on wind, you know, they've just decided that it works for them politically to say wind turbines are unpopular, even though the evidence suggests they're not. So we're going to stop building them um, with subsidies, even though that's economically a bit silly. Um, so they've set out their stall, and it's unlikely that the the people who really don't like the environment stuff in their party are going to disagree with that. And I don't really see very many instances, certainly in the short term, of David Cameron saying, right, I've remembered I'm a husky hugger again. Here's all this super hippie stuff I want to get through. And then, you know, the the troublesome backbenchers going, hang on a minute, stop it. I think much more likely they're going to press ahead with shale gas and stuff like that, which they'll all love. The the thing that I think is interesting, though, is that as it, as it is quite a small majority, I think I think there's some weirdness in the numbers in the actually like the four Sinn Féin MPs who got elected don't take their seats. So in reality, he's got a slightly bigger majority. But anyway, it's quite small, right? Uh, that means that for people campaigning, if there is an issue in Parliament on which there is a little bit of support within the, the, the Conservative Party for, for something we're trying to do, you don't need to get that many rebels um, on your on your side before the government can be defeated, which strangely is in contrast last time round because the Lib Dems and the Conservatives last time f- formed a much bigger block than the um, than the Conservatives on their own do this time. So you never know; there could be opportunities there. And of course, the big thingy that is really going to dominate now the first year or two of this government in an incredibly tedious and depressing and boring way is going to be Europe. Y e r p. Yup, um, and what we're going to do about Yup, uh, and oh, what he God. has done, Mister Spoonface, is he has promised <laughs> that uh, there's going to be an in-out referendum, and he's going to go off to Brussels and demand that because we're British, we get special treatment, and then he reckons he's going to get it, you know, which he won't, and then he's going to come back to the public and say, vote for, vote for all this, and it's all going to be tedious and, and boring and horrible, right? And for the environment, right, Yup is very important <laughs> because a great deal of the laws, what we have got that are anything to do with things like climate change and natural protection and the ugly fish and all that sort of thing, they come out of Europe, right? So uh, that is going to be a big problem, I reckon. Like, If you're looking at the big things that affect whether or not this government's going to be seen as a green one or not, what it does about Europe is quite high up there. <laughs> Uh, I I could listen to you saying yep all day. Yep. Sweet, sweet nectar. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep, yep. 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 Uh, 
So just to wrap up this election segment, uh, there seem to be two big stories coming out of it. One, the total annihilation of the Liberal Democrat vote going from, I think, 52 or 54 MPs down to eight. Whoops-a-daisy. Um, and the other is Scotland, the SMP winning all but three of the seats in Scotland and Labour disappearing. And uh, we've talked a bit about Scotland in the past, but that is a fundamental change. And what does it mean? Does, does it mean anything for green stuff? Yeah, we did look, uh, uh, I think it was last week, at, or was it the week before, at the SNP's um policies and we said that when it comes to renewable energy they're really 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 good and they want 100% renewable energy in Scotland but when it comes to digging up oil and gas they are not very good uh, because they like digging up oil and gas very 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 much hoots mon the new so yeah so uh, I reckon they'll probably you know they're going to be a good thing in general to have around I would have thought they're going to be pushing their weight around a bit but I don't know to be honest anywhere near as much as I should do about how a Scottish party with 50, what is it, six MPs in it is going to affect the stuff that doesn't relate to Scotland, which most environmental stuff is devolved up there in it. So I don't really know that, to be honest. Yeah, well, there's already lots of talk about evil, isn't there, which is the English votes for English laws. Um, And similarly, this idea of, and this this is a term to stir the loins, brace yourself, Dave, full fiscal autonomy. Mm. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah, full fiscal autonomy, which, uh, and this is squarely in your area of expertise, so I won't ask you and I'll do a fudge job myself, but uh, that's kind of giving Scotland the power to do its own tax and do its own spending, as far as I understand. Um, so that could that could have implications for, for what they want to finance in terms of energy and what they, what they don't. Um, but otherwise, yeah, don't know. Weird, confusing. Everything's everything's even more confusing than it ever was, and that is not a good thing. So, uh, given that all of this hoo ha fell under the umbrella nominally of the predictions section, I guess we better wrap it up by me making my prediction then, eh? Ooh, yeah, excellent. That scores scores at two one to you, aren't they? Yes. Um, yeah. I think <laughs> arguably I should lose a point for the last one, but. There aren't many points to lose, so would you let me keep them for now? Yeah, you can have it. You you have it for now. That's all right. Okay. My prediction is going to be this. So we're recording this on Saturday. So by the time a uh, loyal listener you listen to this, we'll know the answer, but we don't right now. I think that the person who is put in charge of the Department of Energy and Climate Change is going to be someone that is going to make you all very cross. That's what I think. <laughs> My prediction is it is going to be someone possibly who has appeared in Inhoff Corner on this here very podcast. It is going to be someone really? who makes you annoyed. And I think they're going to be the Secretary of State for Energy and Climate Change. So I wanted to talk about a thing that I read this week. Uh, you read it too. And it was by a guy called Tom Burke who was, uh, has been around a very uh, long-standing environmental campaigner, activist guy, has also worked inside businesses. One of them people who, when he says stuff about the environment, people listen, right? Mm. And he wrote a thing uh, just before the election, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah there yeah, was, was a time yeah, yeah. before the election, and he wrote it then. <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. It seems a very long time ago now. Um, I used to sleep then. Back in those days, mm, I used yeah. to, yeah. Uh, he wrote a thing saying, it's all our fault. What's all our fault? Well, the thing that's all our fault, I did that thing again, that politician thing again. Sorry. Sorry. Carry on. 
<laughs> Not sorry. And the thing you said that's all our fault is that no one is talking about the environment, or more specifically, no politician really was. I mean, they all mentioned it in passing, but we have banged on in this podcast over the last three weeks about how uh, the actual stuff that politicians were saying just wasn't talking about the environment at all. Um, and how we wanted more leadership and that kind of thing. And he basically said, it's not their fault, uh, it's our fault. Our fault being people who's... Mine and yours. Mine, mine and yours. Well, yeah, literally. So people whose job it is, is to make politicians feel the heat and to make the public really care. Basically said, we're, we're not doing, we're not winning, we're not doing enough of it. And he said there's something like um, 13% of the country who are all members of environmental organizations which is a lot um yeah. and that well i think it's only once you include like the national trust and something else massive in that as well but still his point stands a lot of people actively care about this stuff by being members of um rspb or whatever yeah and his basic point is that the things that people do care about are things as we have discovered things like the nhs and the economy and that sort of stuff and the what we but we, you know, the royal we need to do is to, if we can't make the environment relevant to those things, then no one's going to care about it. Despite, I mean, they do care about it. You know, you've talked before about all the opinion polls and everything that says people do very much want the only planet we can live on not to be full of dead stuff. But Yeah, I might revisit that, though, in light of how opinion polls have been doing that's true. 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. We know. Yes. <laughs> Maybe no, no one gives anything. a shit at all. <laughs> Maybe it's completely wrong. But he says that it's it's not the right sort of caring about that. Basically, people care about it in a sort of abstract, distant sense, where in order to do something about it, you have to you know think differently using your brain, and you have to make sacrifices and and all of that. And actually, we need to make ourselves relevant to the sort of urgent, sweaty, cut and thrusty stuff that people really do care about. And um, he has a couple of examples. So he says, uh, you know, everyone was banging on about the NHS, well, why therefore could we not have talked about air pollution more, which costs the NHS 15 billion a year? Um, and then if we'd have done that, we might have got something done about dirty air or insulating houses, which uh, makes people ill, costs the NHS loads of money, and has loads of economic benefits as well. So, you know, why, why don't we talk about that? And I I have a couple of thoughts, but what, what do you reckon? What are your thoughts? Well, my initial thoughts is screw you, Burke, screw you. I. I know he's on our side and he's one of the good guys, but I'm just sick of this. It's the politician's fault. It's not our fault, surely. I mean, we've tried. That's that's the thing that really gets my go, is that people who have been in this game a lot longer than me long ago recognised that just saying, hey, everyone, you should care about the planet is a ridiculous way to go that you need to meet people where they're at and say, hey, everyone, what do you care about? Um, you know how how can we, what can we do for you? We being the environment movement, what can we do for you? It's like oh, you care about your rising fuel bills or your cold homes or the fact that your kids have to go to school next to an incredibly polluted road. Well, hey, guess what? So do we. We care about those things as well. Let's work together to try and fix them for both our benefit. We've been doing that, and it's not our fault that politicians turn around and go, yeah, that's a bit difficult, don't care, we're going to talk about the GDP percentage figures, or we're just going to say Labour's evil, and the other lot are going to say Tories are evil, and everything's scary. I I just, I'm done with this. I'm done with people not being able to win, and then go therefore going, oh, it must be the fault of the environment, Um, we're idiots. Although I do remind you that you said it was Panda's fault that pandas are dying 
six episodes ago. So <laughs> yeah, no. What, what you're doing there is paraphrasing again. <laughs> you did. You said that the pandas, the pandas should be allowed to die because they're stupid. That's what you said. <laughs> you didn't say that. Yes, you did. <laughs> these, these are not words that have left my mouth in that order. Actually, so the bit where I think he's right is we probably, you know, we the royal we. Um, it still feels like we could sort of be making this all sexier and more relevant. I mean, it's it's one thing to just pick up a phone to a journalist and say, here, I've got this bit of information about, like, how cold homes kill people or air pollution kills people or, like, the ugly fish is really good for tourism, right? But uh, actually you need to, you know... I love the way you beat that drum. <laughs> yeah. You're going you're gonna to set up your own breakaway ugly fish organization soon aren't you i can see it now i'm going to keep mentioning the ugly fish until until people start to look after it but the bit where i don't think it's fair enough is like you say you know people do talk about this stuff and not just by the way in charities either look at like the business groups who've been banging on for a very long time now um, and in fact, probably, and I don't blame them, are getting a bit sick of doing it about how wouldn't it be really good if, if the UK became the best place in the world to make renewable energy stuff? Because then we could mm. sell it to the rest of the world and that would be great for business. And, you know, the, mm. the Confederation of British Industry for a good five years there were really genuinely, honestly banging on about that stuff. And they've gone a bit quiet about it now. Yeah. Uh, you know, manufacturing groups and business groups and exporters and all sorts of people are, are basically saying, um, you know, let's let's do stuff about climate change because it's good for the economy. Yeah, I think I, I think you're right, and I I should probably sounded a little bit too defensive earlier. Uh, he's yeah, I agree. He's got a bit of a point, but I think if in this pretty sort of sensitive period, probably the articles to be writing should be the ones saying, "Hey, politicians." Uh, you've got to start listening. You know, it, it, it's in all your constituents' interest to listen to this stuff. And hey, maybe the NGOs and, uh, and the environment world more widely are not saying it in exactly the terms that would make you listen hardest. But what they're saying is valid, and and you need to to act on it rather than just turning fire on on people like us and saying it's your fault. You're doing. That. I mean, he actually says in this article, we'll post it up. He actually says it's our fault several times and I just don't think that's the right framing and I think that allows politicians to go see even the even the famous old environmentalists say it's our fault so um you know what are we supposed to do reasons to be cheerful right okay reasons to be cheerful I'm um, I'm pepping myself up I've been slumped in my seat listening to all that but um got air in my lungs and a, and a smile on my face um because the Green Party have now got millions of MPs and all of... No, that's not true. They've got they've got one MP, which is great, um, Caroline Lucas, who is was, for instance, 2014's MP of the year. Um, and she's, all, she's just brilliant on a whole range of issues. I like her a lot. But she increased her vote share by... Uh, well, she's now got an 8,000 majority, which is very, very good and I'm pleased about... Um, and the Greens as a whole, whilst not quite surging like some bits of the um, the press would have us believe a few weeks ago, they did, I think, pretty much double their public vote. So, yeah. you know, that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, they did pretty well, um, as did, you know, grass is not always greener, as did UKIP, um, the right-wing uh, send-them-all-home party. But the uh, I think the Greens had something like, in terms of absolute numbers of vote cast, votes casted, something like a three hundred percent increase on uh, last wow, time, wee. or something like that. Um, sorry if that's wrong, but I think that's right. I think that's the thing I read this morning um, in Bristol West, close to where I live. They got 
27% of the vote. It came second in loads of places uh, and loads of people have joined them as well. And so I suppose the question is, um, as what I was going to ask you, the question is, are, what's going to happen to the Green Party now? Because uh, they've got loads and loads of people joined. They're steadily moving in the right direction. Still only got one MP, though. Um, and, what? Uh, and you know, Labour Party now sort of having to, in a bit of a state of disarray and having to rebuild itself. Do you think five years from now there'll be more than one Green MP? Do you think it's like permanently heading in the right direction or what? Well, far be it from me to make a prediction which is in any more than about five seconds' time, let alone five years. But um, I think that I think there's going to be a number of things happening. One, the sort of protest party on the left was the Liberal Democrats to an extent in 2010. They've been annihilated. So your kind of protesty vote, um, natural home, has gone there. And those people might then decide that the Green Party is a better place. Um, environmental problems in five years' time will, unless something extraordinary happens, be more acute and more pressing and more, frankly, terrifying. And and I think probably a lot of people will be will be looking to politicians to do a lot more on it and, um, and the Green Party the obvious choice for that. And who knows what the Labour Party are going to do. In one sense... You know, it'll be an easy stick with which for them to beat the Tories um, in terms of saying uh, you should be greener, you know, because the Tories will be fracking and whatever. And it's an easy opposition thing to go, we're green, you're not. But on the other hand, um, there's a big sort of narrative developing in the UK which says that the Labour Party lost because they went too far to the left and did lefty things and they need to rediscover the sort of Tony Blair middle ground. And that is not necessarily conducive with being particularly hippie-ish. So I think there might be a big vacuum there as well. So what I'm saying is, I reckon, yes, there will be more support for the Green Party um, in five years' time. Um, yeah, and I do feel that just because I always get accused of whittling on the chips of the reasons to be cheerful section, I do feel I should point out that what you've done there is you've said you've taken my reason to be cheerful, which is the Greens did well, and you've said, and you know, look, they'll be doing even better in five years' time because we'll have destroyed the planet and we'll have done loads of really bad policies in government for the next five years. Hooray! <laughs> Uh, so that is just about it for Sustainable 17. Uh, we, we just got a bit blindsided by the election, so we didn't really have many of our usual features, but crammed in lots of waffle anyway. Um, you'll notice one, one glaring omission was Arabella, and I presume that she's, um, she's running around in a, a sea of nationalistic pride in Scotland but um, we did give her the week off because we didn't actually have any sustainable this week but she will be back don't you worry jolly good so a couple of parish notices for you we uh not for you you know this already this is for everyone else (laughs) right uh we uh two things to say first you're issuing bands of marriage (laughs) uh uh, i'm not it's just the way my trousers are stacked up at the front um (laughs) 
next week we are not going to talk about the election anymore because it will have happened and because everyone's very bored of it next week it's Eurovision and we are oh, going to get so on big. do you know what I need Eurovision more than I've ever needed it before I couldn't agree a with little silly camp antidote this is just going to make life so much better. And what we're going to do is we are going to take the opportunity, we're going to have a guest, and we're going to take the opportunity to look at eco-protest songs. And why aren't there any? Um, and looking a little bit at that. So what we would like is if you could get in contact with us at The Babble Wagon or on our Facebook page or emailing hello at sustainababble.fish or by attaching it to the uh, leg of a carrier kitten and walking over to us. Let us know your favourite eco-protest song or indeed your least favourite uh, if mm. you could do that that'd be great particularly Thanks. care to hear your your, your least favourite ones I reckon there's some real humdingers out oh, there yeah, I've heard a few yeah quite uh, some of them you've <laughs> written Uh, (laughs) and the other thing is uh, we will after next week we're going to have a break it'll be the end of season one of Sustainable we uh, have we'll be 18 episodes in we're going to have probably uh, June off and then we will be back and what we would love to do is hear from you how you think uh, what you think about the show how it's going things you like things you don't like get in touch let us know and we will uh, so we're flagging up nice and early that next week's edition is the last one for a little bit whoa 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 flagging up Oh, not again. I've had two. (laughs) Right, enough of this. Triple klaxon. Enough of this nonsense. (laughs) I've had enough. I'm going to bed. You leave me alone. And uh, thanks, as always, to Dickie Moore for the music. Thanks, etc. Right, I'm going away. Bye. Very good. Well done, Dave. You did valiantly, and despite your small Brentford-induced troubles. uh, Thanks very much for your your brilliance, as ever. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> I just I just suddenly had a little moment of thinking I don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really noisy and yeah. there's loads of air being forced through my lungs and I just want shallower breathing and lying down and quiet will be fine.